Hi there, America. Welcome to the Carter Report. Thanks for joining us. Now, we're going to continue today on the talk, the Jew, the Arab, and Jerusalem. I'm going to show you something absolutely fantastic. It's a prophecy that saved thousands and thousands of lives. It is about the great city of Jerusalem. Forty years before Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman Emperor Titus, Jesus said that the great city was going to be completely devastated and destroyed. There were some people who understood the prophecy, they obeyed the prophecy, and they escaped. We're going to show you that prophecy because that prophecy not only concerns the Jews, it concerns you. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. I want to turn now over here to Matthew, chapter 24, and I want you folk now to turn up to uh, Matthew 24, take a copy of the scriptures again. We're using the new King James Version, and I want you to turn to Matthew 24, and notice with me verse 1 and 2. Have you got it there? Please turn it up. I want you to see one of the most incredible prophecies ever written down. Matthew 24, verse 1 and 2. It says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you see all these things? Do you not see all these things? Do you not see all these great stones, these massive buildings? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another. Every one shall be thrown down. Jesus said, this tremendous temple that was built by Herod the Great, one of the wonders of the age, this magnificent religious temple, Jesus said, the whole thing is going to be thrown down. And then if you come over here to Luke 21, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it, it, is, it is amazing. Luke chapter 21 and verse 20 and 21, Jesus went on and gave an even more remarkable prophecy. Luke 21 and verse 20 and 21, Jesus said, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Jesus said this. He said the Romans are going to come up. And the Romans, the abomination of desolation, as he called them in Matthew 24, Jesus said, they are going to come up and surround the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus said, the whole place is going to be destroyed and thrown to the ground. Listen, as you've never listened before, listen to me. In 66 AD, the Jews revolted against the Romans. The Romans sent down a Roman governor by the name of Cestius Gallus. He came down from Syria. He surrounded the city of Jerusalem. He broke into the walls of Jerusalem, and it appeared as though Jerusalem was going to be overthrown by Cestius Gallus in 66 AD. But then for some strange, inexplicable reason, and nobody really knows the reason. I can't tell you the reason. Nobody really knows the reason. 
But Cestius Gallus retreated and went down the Beth Horon road to the coast. And the Jews came out like wild hornets and surrounded the Roman soldiers and took on the greatest army in the world. And in one day they slew 6,000 soldiers. 6,000. Great fighters, the Jews. And then they struck a coin that said, in the first year of liberty. Now, when that happened, the Jews believed that the Romans would never come back. They believed that they had beaten the Romans and they were now free. Struck the coin in our first year of liberty. But Jesus said, you see this great temple? Every stone, the whole thing is going to be destroyed. But of course, the Jews did not believe the prophecy. They believed that the temple was going to last forever. But inside Jerusalem, there were many Jewish Christians. And they remembered, ladies and gentlemen, the words of Jesus Christ as recorded here in Luke 21. I want to read them to you because they are incredible. When they were written, they must have seemed absurd, ridiculous, crazy. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her, Jerusalem, depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. Listen, Jesus said, and I'm going to come to the blackboard again. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, Jesus said, now let me come over here a little further. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, Jesus said, then flee. That seemed crazy. Here were the soldiers of Cestius Gallus all around Jerusalem. My friend, how can you flee from a city that is surrounded by the greatest army in the world? But Jesus knew that those armies would retreat. And when those armies went down the Beth Horon road to the coast, do you know what the Christians did? The Christians left the city and they fled to our little town by the name of Pella. When the Jews were saying, in the first year of liberty, we have beaten the Romans. The Christians, my friend, had this prophecy and they obeyed the very word of God in the prophecy and they fled. Do you want to know what happened next? The Romans came back under Vespasian, 69 AD. Vespasian became the Roman emperor and his son Titus became the emperor. Titus came to Jerusalem, built a wall right around Jerusalem. There were 1,100,000 Jews inside the city of Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover. Titus built a wall around. If you were in, you stayed in. If you were out, you didn't want to get in. Inside, the Jews fought among themselves and burned each other's food supplies. Cannibalism was rife. They fought. They pillaged. They murdered. They butchered. They did every crime that we would not even want to imagine. In fact... By the end of the year, the streets of old Jerusalem were running with Jewish blood. 
And this was not because of the swords of the Romans up to then. It was because of their internal wars. But by the end of 70 AD, Titus had breached their last defenses. The Jews displayed incredible courage. They fought, fought like wild lions with great courage right to the very last. But the Romans breached the walls and came in and the Jews fled to the temple. Some of them fled to the temple. Now Titus said, whatever happens, don't touch the temple. The temple at all costs must be preserved, he said. But the Roman soldiers became so filled with hatred to these Jews that one Roman soldier took a, a burning torch and he went into the temple and flung that torch up into the rafters. And all of a sudden, the rafters caught on fire and the great curtains caught on fire. And soon the temple was on fire. Titus rushed down and he said, put out the flames, put out the flames. But the soldiers were mesmerized by the gold they could see in the temple. And the soldiers took out their swords and they waded into the Jewish mobs and they cut them down and blood flowed down the temple steps. It was a holocaust. But listen, as Jerusalem was burning, as the whole city of Jerusalem was burning, the Jews on the hillsides cried out, Ichabod, 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 which means the glory is departed. But in Jerusalem, there was not one Christian. Not one Christian died in the siege of Jerusalem. You know why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they had obeyed the word of God. That is why. They had the prophecies of Jesus and they obeyed the prophecies of Jesus. And because they had obeyed the prophecies of Jesus, not one Christian perished in the siege of Jerusalem. Listen, I want to tell you, this book is the very word of God. I want you to know here in Texas that this book, it is not an ordinary book. It is not only a book of history. It is a book of prophecy. And the prophecies in this book give the clearest evidence that there is a living God in heaven who cares for people, who cares for you. On the screen, you can see the remains of the retaining wall. There is a model of the old temple, huge, massive, once upon a time considered to be one of the most wonderful buildings in the whole of the Roman Empire. The Romans were even proud of it. They'd put millions into it. But Jesus said, you see it? Every stone is going to come down. Every stone. And it happened. And after this happened, the remaining Jews fled down here to this place which is called Masada, a great fortress. You go up in a cable car, it's up a long, long way. Up here on the top of a mountain, he had a fortress. And this is where the Jews took their last stand. It was hopeless, however, because the Romans came down there. They built a wall around Masada. And even though the Jews defended it to the very last, 
it was hopeless. Look at this giant screen. You can see a causeway that the Romans built from the eastern side. And it goes up there to the top. And the Romans went up there and the whole place, my friend, was taken. Exactly as the prophecy said. It's an amazing story. Every word is true. You can believe it. On the screen, you have what is called in the Scriptures the pavement or the Gabbatha. That's where Jesus Christ stood before the Jewish authorities. They are the old, original stones. That is where the Roman soldiers would come and play a game which was called king for a day. They made Jesus the king of the Jews, they called him. Jesus, my friend, was arrested out here in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that the Jewish leaders came upon him here and they took him prisoner. Now, the most amazing thing is this, that these people are the people and were the people of the book. My friend, you go there to Jerusalem and you find people who are very, very devout, wonderful people, scholarly people. And these were people, my friend, who had all of the prophecies. And people say to me, why didn't they believe the prophecies? And that is a very, very interesting question. The reason, of course, is that when Jesus came, he taught ideas that they didn't like. Jesus broke their traditions. And because Jesus came with new, startling, innovative ideas, they considered him to be a revolutionary, and they put him out on the cross. Now, another very interesting factor is this, and this is amazing, that these wonderful people, the sons of Abraham through Sarah, had in their possession a prophecy. That prophecy today they have cursed. But that prophecy told the very, very year, would you believe it? That prophecy told the very year when the Messiah would come. And I'm going to show you now the most amazing, the most wonderful, the most incredible prophecy found in the whole of the Scriptures. And I want you to come with me now over here to the prophet Daniel. And we're going to turn over here to Daniel, the ninth chapter. And I'm going to show you the prophecy that was cursed by the rabbis. Come over here with me to Daniel, chapter 9. And come with me to verse, verse, let me see, verse 25. Please turn to it. The most incredible, incredible prophecy. Daniel, chapter 9. Have you got it? Verse 25. It says, Now this prophecy, incidentally, was written 600 years before Jesus Christ was born. Now everybody here, turn it up, or else you won't believe it. Daniel 9 and verse 25 says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem, you see Jerusalem has been overthrown many times. This was referring to its overthrow by the Babylonians and how it was restored in 457 B.C. It says, From the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Now listen carefully. 
Listen. The Bible, 600 years before Jesus Christ, my American friends, said there would be 483 days, seven weeks and 62 weeks, 69 weeks, multiplied by seven, 483 days until the coming of Messiah the Prince. Now come with me. And we're going to come over here once again to the blackboard. And we are going to put up here on the blackboard what I consider to be the most amazing prophecy of the whole lot. Let me take a piece of chalk. This line, my friend, will represent the 483 days. The Bible said, from the going forth of the decree to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. And that decree to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem was made by the Persian king Artaxerxes Longjamanus in 457 BC. That, that can't be argued about. Go and look it up, my friend, in the Encyclopedia Britannica, any good encyclopedia. Now the Bible says, not John Carter, the Bible said 600 years before Jesus that there would be 483 days until the coming of Messiah the Prince or the coming of the Christ himself. Now listen. In Bible prophecy, you're listening? According to Ezekiel chapter 4 and verse 6, or Numbers 14.34, or a multitude of other passages. In the Bible prophecies, ladies and gentlemen, a day symbolizes a year. And these 483 prophetic days are 483 prophetic years. The Bible says there would be 483 years after 457. And if you add on 483 years to 457 BC, it brings you through to the year 27 AD. Now what you've got to do, you see, is take 457 from 483, and that gives you 26. But because you're going from BC time to AD time, and because there is no year zero, you've got to add on a year. And so the Bible, 600 years before Jesus said that there would be 483 years after 457 and Messiah the Prince would come in 27 AD. If that is true, listen to me, if that is true, this is the most incredible evidence that you will ever find for Jesus Christ or for the historicity of the Bible, you see. Now, the question is this. Did the Christ, did Jesus come in 27 AD? I want you to come over here with me now, please, to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Turn over here with me, if you don't mind, over here to Luke chapter 3, and it talks about the coming of the Messiah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, turn it up with me. Luke chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, and here it is. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 and onwards. And it talks about the public appearance of the Messiah. It says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. 
Then it says the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. A voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, the Bible says. He was about 30. But listen now, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to come to Luke chapter 3 and verse 1 because it tells you the historical data that we need to know. Luke 3 verse 1 says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, it says that Jesus was baptized in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. And I want to come here to the blackboard again because when I turn to the Jewish and the Roman historian and I say to them, tell me, tell me please, when was the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar? They tell me that according to Jewish reckoning, it was 27 A.D., exactly as the prophet had said back here, 600 years before Jesus was born. That's amazing. You get that. You see it. Listen, friend, 600 years before Christ was born, this prophet Daniel said, Jesus, the Messiah, would appear in his public role in 27 AD, and history says he did. Now listen. You say, if this is so, why didn't the Jews accept him? I'll tell you why. Because, my friend, what Jesus taught went against their stuffy traditions. And that was too much for them, you see. Too much for them. They couldn't take it because their thinking had become closed. And you and I can learn some lessons from that too, you see. But listen. Here is tremendous evidence that proves that this book is more than an earthly book. This is God's book. It is a book that is absolutely proved true and reliable and accurate by Bible prophecy. I am forced to believe that book, you see. I'm forced. Now come back with me. Come back to Daniel 9 again. Come back, page 868 in that copy. Daniel 8, Daniel 9 rather. Come back to Daniel 9, verse 26. Verse 26. This is absolutely beautiful, it says. After 62 weeks, we won't go into that time period because that's another night, it says. After 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The Jews believed that Jesus was going to come and he was going to kick out the Romans. Jesus was going to come as a line of the tribe of Judah. The Bible said Messiah is going to be cut off. In other words, he's going to be murdered. And that's what happened. Come with me again. Jesus, my friend, came as the Messiah. He came, my friend, and was baptized in 27 AD. And a little while later, after he'd finished his preaching, 
in 31 AD, a little while later, Jesus was crucified. And then the Bible says, the people of the prince, the people, the Romans, would come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans because the Jews closed their eyes to Jesus Christ and they closed their eyes to the great prophecies. That's the reason. And the reason there is no peace in Jerusalem today, the reason there is so much hatred between the Jews and the Arabs is because those great races have not accepted the Jesus Christ of Bible prophecy. That's the reason. I want to tell you something. There'll never be peace in this world. There won't be peace between the Americans and the Russians or the Jews and the Arabs. There won't be peace anywhere in the world. There won't be peace in Northern Ireland until men and women, ladies and gentlemen, accept Jesus Christ who is the Prince of Peace. That's the only way that you can get peace. And people won't have peace in their homes. They won't have peace in their hearts. They won't have peace in their cities. They won't have peace in their communities until they turn to Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. Now listen. I want you to listen. This evening, we have looked at the origin of the Jews and the Arabs. We can see they go back to Abraham. You can see the trouble, why they're hating each other, this old family feud. Then we've shown you some of the historical sites of Palestine. These few pictures that I've taken and put up on these colossal screens in this great theater, they show you, my friend, that Christianity is absolutely historical. It is true. The prophecy about the overthrow of Jerusalem and the prophecy about the impossible means of escape, getting to the town of Pella, when the city was surrounded by the greatest armies in the world, that prophecy tells you that you ought to believe the prophecies of the Bible. And the forbidden prophecy tells me, my friend, it tells me something else, and that is the best of all. It tells me that Jesus is really the genuine Messiah. The Jews over there at the Wailing Wall tonight are still waiting for Jesus to come. But my friend, Jesus has already come. Jesus is the Messiah and Jesus has come and he has died so that we can have peace in this world and most importantly, peace in our hearts. Just think it through, would you? 600 years before Jesus was born, a Jewish prophet by the name of Daniel said that Jesus would start to preach in 27 AD. Did it come to pass? You can believe it. History says it came to pass. Then in 31 AD, Jesus Christ was crucified exactly as the prophet said 600 years before Jesus was born. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely forced. I am compelled. I am overwhelmed by the weight of evidence to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Every skeptic, every cynic, every communist, every atheist, every unbeliever is defeated by this prophecy. Not only defeated, because God loves us all and God wants us to believe in His Word. 
here is tremendous evidence that tells you that the Bible is true and that Jesus is the Messiah and we ought to come to Him and we ought to have faith in Him. We ought to have an intelligent faith in Jesus. We ought to have Jesus in our homes and in our hearts.